All right, Dan. Um, my boyfriend told me something I'm having a hard time believing. While y'all are young slash broke straight men don't share beds yes. on vacations. Is this true, Dan? Speak for the young and broke straight men. <sighs> okay. You're referring, broke, to, you're, you're referring to one specific time when we shared a bed in Tennessee. <laughs> are, aren't you? I was baiting uh, the question of Monteagle, Tennessee, uh, when yeah. I awakened in a strange Faulknerian cabin to Dan in bed with me, just laughing hysterically. Like that was how I was awakened well, in, in a place I'd funny. never fucking been. We were sharing a bed in, in, a, in a, so so we were going to a uh, we were coming back from Bonnaroo, and we we stayed in a cabin in Tennessee thinking we were getting a hotel room, but we in fact got a cabin and it had a jacuzzi like in the fucking, it was like a studio apartment with a jacuzzi in the fucking living room. Um, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, I soaked my like bloody feet in that after like four days of wandering around on drugs at a music festival. Yeah. Um, so no, I would say that that's a, that tweet is incorrect. Um, okay. Do you have any other social media updates or can we start the show? I think it's time to start the show. Um, what about that? What about that other one that you pulled? About um. All right, all right. I, I got another one on. for you, Dan. Feed, feed the hogs. If you are a single cis man over thirty-five, what does your bed look like, and why is it just a full mattress sitting on a metal bed frame with one maroon bottom sheet? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. 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 Who let the hogs out? So this is Hog Planet. Uh, I'm Dan Spaventa, joined by Sam Lewis. Sam, um, I happen to think that uh, I have a bed frame. So what's the frame? Is the frame you have a nice like, Fred fr bed frame? Dan has like a, a you got like the uh, it's like bed, bath and beyond looking thing with like oh the it's head. IKEA. Okay, you got the headboard. Like, it's 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 looking pretty good. I don't know. I think you're I, I think you're uh, not included in that tweet. I actually do. I'm married, but I do have a metal bed frame. Wow. <laughs> I don't have a maroon bed sheet. Wow. <laughs> so you're just a typical cis white. Uh, what is cis het? What what is cis het? It's it's oh cis hetero oh yeah cis gender. Yeah, in my hetero. head, I was like, it's those right is like one word, and I was like, what does that mean? Well, listen, we don't need these petty divisions between us as 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 dudes, I guess. But um, yes, <laughs> no, um, I, I I had to pull out some of those delirious tweets because uh we 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 it is happening again, as they say in Twin Peaks. We've got more of the like, you know. How many, what do you call a group of straight white men? A podcast, like kind of joke. Yeah, it's just that terrible, like, um, I don't know, like, like uh, lowest common denominator, sort of like vaguely, I guess, trying to sound like feminist -y, but it's, uh, I, I, I don't know, like, I don't want to say, I don't want to like say it's like, um, I don't want to say it's exclusively that the, the, uh, you know, feminist uh, online people, but it it's, it's it seems like it's kind of like a very specific type of um, account who's uh, seeking clout, but hasn't realized that this, um, you know, this bit has been done a million times. <laughs> yeah, and I, um, I, I do think a lot of times when Sorry to be forever to spit that one out, folks. <laughs> Either but way. Um, I, but, I don't know. But you'll, you'll general, be happy we don't I have did. like we don't have thin skin about this. We're not like offended. It's just like 
it's it's very funny how i don't know hacky <laughs> there we go yeah this is this is my main feeling about it is it's just it's like a time of the year it's mid-july it's getting uh hot and humid out there it's time for us to hear about what the cis white men over 35 are doing like all the qualifiers just to make sure that it's only directed at like one person it in particular happening again <laughs> so much effort just for that i mean that guy definitely maroon bed sheet for sure that guy could be in maroon five he's hot <laughs> um yeah uh uh, I, I, that guy definitely has good sheets. Anyone in anyone in the Lynchian universe is, uh, you know, like Blue Velvet, for example. You know, a lot of good cloth in that feature uh, film there. Um, so I don't know. Bedsheet discourse. Uh, white men are podcast discourse. Um, it's it, it 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 comes from a place of of like like Tumblr wokeness. Am I wrong? I would say so, but maybe, I think maybe also feminist comes from... is wrong, but more like like the, the sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. My pet theory on this is that um, if you want to say my boyfriend doesn't have a top sheet, um, then it's not going to get as much traction on the internet as if you say no men have top sheets. Like I'm just like that's where I think it's coming from. Is it's just we're all so desperate to like have our viral moment people will do fucking anything i mean we'll we'll put ourselves up on youtube and like smoke weed on a podcast for attention you know it's not only it's not only the ladies doing it no but, we uh, suck too we're you know we're we are white guys doing a podcast but you know what it's fun it's fun what are we supposed to you know i always say i'm just trying to like fucking live i always you know, say and and, and, be, and, so and, and be creative it's like, what are we supposed to do? have a band? How old are we? It's like, what am I supposed to do? Go to like a poetry night? Like, I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> I think you would crush it at the poetry night. Personally. I would be very good at that. Yeah, I mean, at anytime. I think it's way better than the doing what stand up. Come on. <laughs> oh, my That's God. Hell no. Um, I spend way too much of my life listening to stand up for work and um, not as fun as it sounds. Uh, if you can believe it, most stand up is bad. The the other the only other one of these posts that I have to discuss, even though as you told me before recording, this is going to be forgotten in like two days, is the post where a woman um, claims to have bought a used Charles Bukowski book of poetry and um, found notes in it from like a woke lady, and uh, <laughs> one of the notes is like "Go to therapy, dummy." Yeah. <laughs> like so, at the time, why is of therapy writing... like weaponized in this in this way now as like a, a way to like own? I don't know, like canceled writers. Like I, I, I yeah, I, I'm just like uh, David Foster Wallace. You need therapy. Yeah, it's like owning people who ostensibly have mental illness by saying they're not getting their by saying they're not get, treated. You, 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 hey, uh, David Foster Wallace, you're a diabetic and didn't go to the doctor. Yeah. Well, uh, it looks like you're just a cis head. I mean, yeah, David Foster Wallace did some pretty bad stuff. Uh, yeah. I think he threw a woman out of a moving car or something. He's, he's not a not a great fella, but uh, you know, it doesn't mean you can't read the damn books without like writing notes in the margins like uh son you need to take two seats yeah <laughs> uh looks like someone forgot to take their ssris but <laughs> no like also yeah. like but therapy in charles bukowski's era like what, what so he's gonna get like a lobotomy or like they're gonna prescribe him some kind of like opiate or something like what the <laughs> come on shut up <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is very uh, hacky but yeah. um i've seen this kind of thing on twitter like a million times so i'm just like who fucking it, it just it's just it's like it's funny how people repeat the cycles of discourse and it's like they act like it's like they just figured this out and i uh i think we would all benefit from them just uh stopping doing that <laughs> And I don't even care, honestly, like it's so it, the joke, if, if you're, if certain, someone's going to listen to this and be like, oh, these two men are like offended because of like women making jokes about men. Oh, they have such thin skins, like, and all this shit. I honestly, you can keep making these jokes as much as you want. Um, I find it, 
I, it's funny and not in the way that it's intended. It's funny to see people, you know, misandry is like a phase that like kids go through when they're in their like late twenties or something. Like if you don't grow out of it by the time you're in your thirties, like writing off like a whole subset of humanity, then um, I, I, I don't know. Then it's just, you just become a comedic figure to me. So keep it up. I don't like, I don't give a shit. Should we pivot to like the men's rights? Like the, the pickup artistry is that, is that a lane for us to maybe get some, get some advertisers? Listen, if, if there's ever been two, like, just absolute, like, pussy getters on a podcast together, it's us. So I, I think yeah. that could be good for us. I would say, I would think so. I, I, listen, I'm not telling you what to do, Sam, but, you know, it's always on the table. We could uh, make the pivot. But speaking of making the pivot, let's pivot to the damn story about the damn boats. Okay. So I, I just found this story in New York Magazine in their curbed uh, uh, section um, about the denizens of the boat basin in, I believe it's the Upper West Side, right? Yeah, yeah, the 79th Street boat basin. And it's basically uh, a story of, of, of people bemoaning a, a past New York that uh, is, is now gone. They are... They are lamenting that the conditions at the marina are not as hospitable as they once were, that the wakes are hitting the boats harder. And the city is now telling them that it's unsafe to even have the damn boats there. Yeah. So this this boat basin was like a Robert Moses project from the 30s. Um, and apparently I'll, I'll quote from the article, the whole seal seawall is condemned. The wakes are coming through and killing us. Sea dock mm -hmm. has been sinking for 20 years. Every time we have a storm, the gangways fly around. They had to be chained to the dock and then the chains break. The deterioration is accelerating. Um, the, so also the last time this place was dredged was in 1958. <laughs> Oh like, my! It's, what kind of it's, barnacles? It's like are the hanging Hudson on there? River was dredged more recently than this fucking thing. <laughs> so what is the yeah, process it, of dredging. It's what when does that you, entail? they they like dredge up like the pollutants and shit from the bottom of the um of the water of the sea you know, riverbed. So, so when it was in the fifties, you said. Yeah, you they clean out the bed by scooping out mud, weeds, and rubbish with a dredge, like the dredge. But you said it hasn't been done since the 1950s? No, and that sort of stuff I think is important to, for like anchoring boats and like other boat shit. I don't know. Uh, I'm not I'm clearly where I'm not the right in, in the right income bracket to be talking about boat ownership but uh, or maintenance. But, um, but yeah, that's what we're dealing with here is because like, obviously we're not here to talk about, you know, we're not like, this is an engineering podcast. We're not talking about like boat culture here. What it is interesting is that like all these people are in their like set, like eighties, basically um, the main guy who's like the center of this is, is this guy, Ed Bacon, who, I mean, he strikes me as kind of a King in a, in a strange bygone way, but um, I think you can people... describe him. I, I, I just want to say before you get into <gasps> this deeper i just want to say that ed bacon is an extremely divorced individual i don't think you could i don't think you could use any word more aptly to describe this man than divorced absolutely and he's been so he's been chronicling this uh this bizarre boat basin culture because a lot of people he's one of the of the uh people who live on the boat their boats um like full time they're not just like parking the boat there and then going to their you know apartment or whatever they're living at the boat and um so this guy arrived in 1970 from the jersey suburbs shout out and uh he had just gone through a divorce uh, his wife and son had moved to manhattan so he moved there um to maintain custody um but at the same time he said always the at that time there were a lot of guys who were divorced here it was a divorcee's heaven <laughs> divorcees have i like when you call the male a divorcee <laughs> it makes it sound um there's something about the french pronunciation just makes it sound kind of effeminate so i don't know maybe it's kind of funny from that perspective but um i don't know divorcees heaven maybe that should be the title of our podcast uh even though neither of us has ever been divorced i just feel like we could there's definitely a divorced like a podcast about divorce oh hell yeah it's it's a, it's an interesting topic. It's a cataclysmic event in people's lives, but um, yeah, um, 
but I mean, this, these boats, this, this guy, <laughs> extreme hog. I was complete play. hog. I mean, he's sympathetic. I, I, he's a, he's that, a sympathetic hog in many ways. And, and, and we've, we've said that that is, that is definitely a thing that there are certainly, um, these revolting hogs that are also sort of uh, sympathetic. And uh, I think we got one right here. So did he have more to say on kind of like, cause I remember, I remember seeing in that article, there was one guy who was like, he worked for mad magazine and he's like mad magazine had all their parties on this base. And we used to get pretty wild. So like, did uh, this guy, Ed have anything more to say about like the parties that well, would happen on these on these so the guy you like just mentioned the mad magazine writer was uh dick di bartolo um and he said that yeah he's like i had all the mad magazine parties i had a disco ball on my boat <laughs> like um but also they said like richie havens lived on the dock um plenty of like people from old time movies and um they they just formed this interesting community of like live aboards the people who live full-time on their boats and like all these people who come through and i don't know i see like a lot going on here because there's nothing more hoggish like you said than living on your boat but like i think they're coming in conflict with the current hog of new york city who is like you know some foreign billionaire who owns one of those like horrifying glass um like penthouse suites that costs like 150 million and like no it never sets foot in it it's just a big capital stink uh, and they build more and more of that shit every day. Like these are the old rich people of a certain age who are being the hogs who are being displaced by like the even fatter hogs in the age of like global, you know, like unfettered capital. Yeah. I would say a lot of um, home ownership in the city is uh, money laundering, but um you can't really do much about it when you're just a your your everyday divorcee on a boat living on your boat you know you're up against the current of new money and uh you know new old money <laughs> pouring into uh i, I don't know because i think of like when i say that i just mean like you know there's a lot of people here who's like buy apartments for their kids i feel like that's more maybe it was still a thing like in you know back in the day but it seems like it's more of a thing now where like Rich people will buy apartments for their kids just to kind of like throw money at something. And then it's like people just don't pay rent. I know plenty of people who are like, oh, we just bought an apartment in New York City in a great neighborhood. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know what you do for a living. You didn't buy a fucking apartment. Like, I don't know hold against you, but you didn't buy it. No, it's <laughs> listen, it's fine. Come on. We love our it's rich fine. friends. We love um, our rich friends. I do think it's funny that uh, this guy, Chris Williamson, lives aboard an antique boat known as a 1911 Trumpy. It's called like Trumpy Bear. Ugh. Now, is there more to say about this sort of like bygone culture? Like what, what has been lost if, if you were to, to, to quantify it? Like, or qualify? Is that quantifier? Is quantify a number thing? I'm not quantifying shit. This isn't some qualifying podcast. <laughs> yeah, qualify. no, to qualify it, I don't know. It's, it, to me, it strikes me as like, I think New York has had the longest gentrification process, and this is just like, it shows how advanced this in, in its process of uh, gentrification in New York is that like people like this are getting priced out, like these like boat owning layabouts like who otherwise they strike me as like I, I can't imagine having that kind of like privilege i guess or like uh like amount of money or a boat or something like that but um even they are not really uh they can be displaced or you know pushed out by the city not because a big part of this is also like the new york city parks department doesn't want to invest in this basin anymore um because they're like it's falling apart and it's like let's just fucking chuck it which is i think the attitude that a lot of cities have towards old things that are hard to maintain or repair um except for y'all's subway system which you'll never great subway love it <laughs> yeah always works always on time i mean it's a historical marvel that you have to rely on in the present era because it's like one of the oldest i mean imagine that in like the what early 20th it, century it must have been insane you can get you can get a lot of places in new york with the subway obviously yeah. it's very it's very good um, and you've been able to, to for a long cities. time, but and uh, it's just they don't fix anything. Um, but hey, it's New York. Um, oh, let's give an update 
let's go across the country uh, unless you got more on this i think uh i think we've said enough about the boaters uh unless there is further to, to explore here that, that you that you see all right let's 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 move forward to the uh an update on a story we talked about the other week um According to LAPD Chief Michael Moore, uh, the LAPD bomb squad estimated that there were 16.5 pounds of explosives in the truck of fireworks. According to the ATF, there were actually 42 pounds of explosives. So 16.5 and 42. Now, that's not the same. No. <laughs> it's like three times as much <laughs> not not quite three times as much yeah. but like good bit more than they said they had and uh i don't know this all this is making my third eye open wider if you'll recall when we covered this in the past i was like it's so interesting that the cops accidentally blew up like a city block in a you know black neighborhood it's just so surprising that that happened by accident what a tragedy. Um, this is making me think like, okay, so well, you guys just miscounted or what? Like, what, what the fuck is going on? This is so stupid. I, every day we cover like stories about hogs. And of course, like some of the greatest hogs are cops. And this one really, I, I don't know. Like, what are they fucking even doing out there? Not to mention it's uh, Michael Moore's a cop now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm deep cover in the LAPD. Uh <laughs> For whatever we're gonna reason. blow up these fireworks so we can get extra um some extra eyeballs on us so we can get them to talk about flint <laughs> somehow that's connected i don't know god damn it um yeah so the and that's from cbs los angeles uh thank you for the updates and uh also the other story is called twilight of the live liveaboards and it's by kim velsey uh, in curbs that uh, the section in the New York uh, magazine, not the New Yorker, New York magazine. Uh, it's an interesting article, and um, we also appreciate the update on that story. But let's uh, let's talk about the, uh, the the penis guys. Yeah, in 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 our endless search for hogs around the world. We have discovered a certain kind of hog, which is the um, hog who severely injures himself while jacking off. Yeah, it's kind of sad, isn't it? Jacking um, off should be a thing of joy, not pain. I mean, don't they say it's like you know, it, it, it's it's like, uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a healthy habit. It's good for the prostate. Right? That's what I always heard, but. Okay, so but when you're when you are a sex addicted California man um, suing Twitch for twenty five million dollars because of the gamer girls, um, he he says he injured his genitals and destroyed his computer while using the, the streaming device. Now I don't even want to know what destroyed the computer because it sure wasn't the Twitch uh, app or website. Maybe this guy was not doing it right. Maybe he was just like I just am wondering, his... like, what was the, what was the um, I wanted to say acoustics, but what is the, the sort of physics of this? <laughs> did he, what is did the he, like, resonance? Did he launch this... up just like wow? No, I'm thinking like doesn't know what he's doing and is like smacking his dick against the side of the computer or something and broke it. Um, and, and just so I don't want to I won't, I want to make sure that people like that? don't like smacking like glaze. Yeah, exactly. I, I want to make sure you, we don't just blow past the part. The the crux of his legal argument is that Twitch is at fault for exposing him to lots of hot ladies on like gamer channels. And it's like he has no choice but to jack off. And it made and he he like is addicted to it or something. And it made him hurt himself. In, in in completely, we have no, I guess it's because it's a lawsuit, you know, the details are going to be sealed and we're going to have to wait to find out what exactly the nature of the penal injury was. But um, I guess we'll have to just follow up with this story. I'm going to keep an eye out for this. Um, now, his name is Eric Estavio from San Francisco. And uh, yeah, you know, he's he's taking it to Amazon. You know, maybe this guy has the right idea about fighting Jeff Bezos. 
um and going straight to the straight to the source uh twitch um which took his penis away yeah, the way he put it in the suit is uh, Twitch has extremely exacerbated his condition by displaying many sexually suggestive women streamers through Twitch's twisted programming and net code, making it nearly impossible for the plaintiff to use Twitch without being exposed to su such sexual suggestive content. He follows 786 streamers on Twitch, all of whom are women. <laughs> Come on, man. Like... This is like very, this is creative though. Um, because we've been hearing endlessly from conservatives. You remember the, like in the Bush years, the culture war was all about like, you can't turn on the TV without seeing all this violence and stuff like that. Um, now this is like an angle they could have gone with like, oh, it's, it, it, it like has physical effects on young men. Like they can't be exposed to this or else they will just spontaneously jack off and injure themselves. Yeah. Uh, so this is like an incel thing, right? I, you know, I guess it's not fair to assume. Maybe he has a loving girlfriend and also injured himself masturbating. Uh, I don't want to say uh, the two are mutually some, exclusive. Some sort, of, some sort of Arthur Chu situation where the, the, the doting, uh, you know, you can be like a disgusting gamer and then still have like a doting wife who's like suffer long suffering, you know? You don't yeah, you know the whole Arthur Chu, too. the guy who won Jeopardy, like, and he was a real, he was real gross. Yeah, he has like really nasty tweets about women, but no, yeah, no, but he was also like this. physically gross. He like he had yeah uh, he, some stuff about like I don't know gross shit with like covered in food, computers, cheese Cheetos, and his, I, I don't know. I'm sure you could find examples of this. We don't have to get into Arthur Chu. I didn't prep for this, so I, you know, it's it's deep, it's filed deep away in my uh, filing cabinets of dumb shit from uh, the internet. Now, do do you have something there, Sam? No, all, the only thing I have is that I googled pictures of Arthur Chu, and he's nasty looking. Can you share the screen that? Uh, you know what I'm gonna do. Uh, oh, hey, he's gonna he's gonna background it. Yep. Yeah. Well, all right. So while you're doing that, let's uh, let's let's push forward here. Um. Oh, I think it, he broke the toilet. I think he like actually broke him and his wife's toilet, like phys yeah, like I like physically like broke the porcelain. <laughs> I don't think I'm making that up either. Got R.I.P. Trebek. Yeah, that's why. I, no, I mean, you feel like you can't cover him with your head, right? No, <laughs> I have to be just square in the middle. <laughs> My back is actually like kind of like not. Uh, I don't know. I I'll see if I can hold this up. It For the majority of the of the listeners of the of this show who are not the YouTube viewers, uh, that is, uh, Sam is nestled in between uh, an image of Arthur Chu and uh, Alex Trebek. Um, it's not ideal. I'm working to remedy the situation here. No, but. Um, what was the other jerking off story? Uh, man almost masturbates himself to death. Um, this is much better. I posthumously ruined Alex Trebek's good name. No, that would be unacceptable. Um, yeah, that is much better. So, what do you have to say about you know? And we gotta we gotta hand it to the New York Post. Uh, this fellow redefined, quote, mind-blowing sex after he suffered a life-threatening stroke while repeatedly masturbating. Well, I mean, a hog is someone who seeks this kind of, uh, I, I don't know, he hedonistic lifestyle. I, what, what, what do we call, what do we even call such a thing when you jack yourself off and you so much you get a stroke? I feel like we use the word self-satiated to describe the hogs, but I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, are you self? It's almost like I don't think he's ever satiated. Yeah, damn. Like, I, I just here. I'm I'm gonna put it up. I found pictures. Like, there, there's like pictures of the brain injury that he absolutely in like impose. This is it. Like, he's like he, they've, he's got like these big ass lesions and, and ruptured blood vessels in his brain from just cranking it way too hard 
fuck. And of course, I maybe he was thinking about me. Maybe that's maybe that's what I'm trying to say with this visual tableau I'm giving you right now. Oh, I love that. So he was jacking off, thinking about your, you know, mustache and beard uh, combination, and um, that caused him to furiously tug himself uh, until he was no more in the head. Um, I mean, what do we have to say? Anything else? I mean, the I just want to clarify, like. He got a subarachnoid hemorrhage, which is a potentially fatal type of stroke. Like he he stroked himself into a stroke. I I, I can't. You know, society is really bleak these days. I think we are really alienated if men are like jacking okay, themselves. I don't want to be racist, but like he's from Japan. Oh, please, no. Come on. I was trying to leave that detail out. Listen, no, come nothing on. Nothing but love for the Japanese people. Nothing but and- love for the Japanese people. That's not what this is about. I'm just saying, like, isn't there some sexual repression in their male culture? I think so. And then there's also, like, the Hikikomori people. Like, they yes. they have, like, OG incels over there who, like, yes. you know, the Hikikomori, like, don't leave. And there's, like, there's other words for, like, You could who, argue that like, that's where the whole... QAnon in, uh, movement bubbled from that sort of thing in Japan. It, it all kind of started with the. So we're now blaming the, QAnon on the Japanese. No, on, already, on the, the on the we're saying in they Japan. jack off furiously and giving themselves strokes, and also they cause Q. All right, apologies to the nation of Japan for oh, this podcast. Stop it. We have nothing to apologize for. I'm not saying anything <laughs> about the people of the nation i'm saying it about this subgroup of incels who is so well known that they have a name it's true um, but also if if you know the japanese country is going to bar one of us from coming to the country then uh, make it him not me i'm fine with that i would rather you go honestly <laughs> i i love i love the japanese what i have no i have no I have no issues with uh, even this man who uh, broke did his dick. Um, oh boy! I mean, I, I guess this is considered a freak accident, um, but I don't want to call this man a freak. Freak you know with what two E's accident. You know what he is? He's just a human being. <laughs> He's also a hog. <laughs> I thought that would have been the too easy thing to say. Oh, um, all right so all right. What, what do we got well, let's, let's, can we go in on a different country now it's time to go in on israel oh sure sure um the ice cream fucking pogrom right <laughs> yeah so first uh what eve fartlow was the victim of the the worst anti-semitism that the 21st century has ever seen <laughs> when people decided to call her Eve Fartlow repeatedly on Twitter. And she likened this to a social media pogrom. But now the uh, we've seen another brutal incident of anti-Semitism. Um, ben and Jerry's noted self-loathing Jews have decided that they will end sales of their ice cream in the occupied Palestinian territory. Kings. <laughs> Which is, the my first thought was like, imagining being in occupied Palestine and getting like a pint of chubby hubby. They're doing like, more, they're doing more for the, the BDS movement than Bernie. I mean, it's not a small thing for sure. It's big. It's a lot. Yeah. You know? I mean, even more, this is a bigger deal than anything like AOC or any, and I'm not saying AOC has a lot of like power over what happens in Israel. Cause it's really not like people who like people who go in on AOC about every little thing um it seems a little misguided sometimes because it's like i don't think she's like that kind of power that uh the yeah, senator like what were you has. expecting from her i mean i yeah exa- i mean exactly i mean she's she's above average and that's what more can you fucking ask from a congressperson but you look at what ben and jerry did now you know this got people talking yeah, I mean, I mean, they, people were people were very upset about this. I mean, and then didn't they like didn't they flock to the um, Hagen Dazs or something? And then it turns out that the Hagen Dazs, I think it was. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was owned by like the Nazis. 
I'm pretty sure. Let me, let me not slander the Hagen Dazs Corporation, but I'm. I'm... <laughs> it sure sounds like it. Here we go. Uh, wait a Hagen minute. Dazs. All right, never mind. I might be wrong on this. Okay. Uh, more right, research. You, you, you do the research, and I'll vamp a little bit. So. Ben and Jerry, they took the ice cream out of Israel. They said, we will not, or no, an occupied Palestine. They said, we are taking the, the, the ice cream out of occupied Palestine and we will not sell it there. And, um, you know, under capitalism, you know, it's, it's a free fucking, it's, it's free, free market, free, free trade, free, not free trade, free, okay. um, Yes. Listen, I was completely wrong about Hagen Dazs. It was founded by a Polish immigrant in the U.S. who named it after wanted it to sound Danish, and um, did that because Dan, you know, in Denmark they smuggled the Jews out so that like Nazis wouldn't catch them and send them to Auschwitz and stuff. So he did it with respect to the Jewish people. Sorry to the Hagen Dazs Corporation. No, but they got sorry behind to the another. Danish. No, but they the the Zionists got behind another ice cream brand. I know I saw this. See, we're very prepared today. Um, Sam, you're gonna have to look this up. So Ben and Jerry, they take the ice cream out of the the the. They're not saying Israel, Sam, or is it just in occupied Palestine? So yeah, it's not in um because yeah, Israel obviously is a contested. A lot of its lands are contested and disputed. Um, occupied Palestinian territory is um, not considered israel so they're not gonna end it in like tel aviv um but they will end it i believe in the west bank and in gaza um i'm not sure but I i'm not totally sure what it means it's obviously but it it's my first thought was like oh okay well why are you selling the ice cream to the to people you know who uh, you know probably have like a some of the poorest people in the world anyway um but the other part of me was like seeing how angry the Zionists have gotten over this. Uh, they are taking it really badly. Uh, they are fucking pissed about the ice cream. So that maybe to me, I don't know. It, it, like, I don't want to like, I don't want to say that it's important because it, it made someone who I don't like upset. Like, I don't think that's what politics should be. I think it, you can view it as like an important, you know, show of solidarity with the BDS movement. But um, it is kind of funny how much uh, it, the Israelis are mad about this. And reportedly the Ben and Jerry's uh, sales went up. That was actually uh, reported, which is kind of funny because. Uh, Due to anti-Semitism. Definitely. That's why people yeah. were buying ice cream made by two Jews. Yeah. So. I don't know. I feel like the the discourse on uh, Palestine has it's sort of like gone to a low rumble, uh, but I'm still seeing stuff. So maybe people, maybe people are still kind of, or maybe people are forever changed in how they view this thing. If they didn't have an opinion on it before, just because like, you know, celebrities started posting about it or something like, and maybe that's, that's, that's all we can get, you know? And that's, if that's the way you can spread a, a message as important as uh, Hey, uh, Israel's doing some bad stuff over there. Huh? Is, um, pretty important so you know even if it's like i don't know this is like the start of like maybe the next generation being better about this i don't know so you have to hope right it's like it's like i don't know yeah i, been, I have not been impressed with millennial politicians like who like madison cawthorn like Pete booty judge <laughs> yeah like did they, you see Pete booty judge complaining that like on his like $220,000 transportation secretary salary, he can barely afford his $4,500 one bedroom apartment. Like, sorry, I live in DC and I don't live in a $4,500 apartment. Are you nuts? What did you get Jason to throw in a few bucks, huh? Yeah, get, get, get him out of here. Get him to get a job. Why are you like, but you know that, you know that Pete's keeping him under lock and key. Something about Chas and uh, his eyes seem like he wants to escape, but um by the way, back to the ice cream. I mean, um, I it's funny how much people are responding to this. It's, it's a bit of a litmus test. Um, of course, Dan, your uh, your illustrious uh, lame duck mayor, Bill de Blasio, is claiming that he personally will boycott Ben and Jerry's over the Israel stance. I'm going to give that two thumbs way down. <laughs> the thumbs 
are down. Um, de Blasio, uh, don't let the door hit your uh, fucking ball sack on the way out. Fuck off, de Blasio. Bill de Blasio, even... the only reason you're excited to see Eric Adams in office. Oh, I'm not excited, but the um, de Blasio is funny because it's like, you. there's no reason for the mayor of New York to weigh in on this. No. Oh, also, can I tell you this? This is a weird thing. Um, so the, the Miami building collapse, uh, basically a huge condo collapsed in Miami a few, like, like a month ago. And I was reading about how they found the remains of the last uh, victim. Um, and it said specifically that volunteers from Mexico, Israel, and it was like, it was like listing like where the volunteers helping came from. And it was like specifically Israel. I was like, huh, I wonder why is Israel sent people to dig through the rubble in Miami, <laughs> like right when the like fucking um, everyone was hating on them for uh, you know torching Sheikh Jarrah and various other crimes against humanity in Palestine. So, oh yeah, and I, I don't want to blow past like we said that like Palestinian you know discourse around Palestine had um, kind of like gone to a dull roar but it's not like things stop being fucked up over there um i like well, no that's what i think yeah, that's kind of the point i was hoping to build towards is like you know doesn't really it, it still is not enough but like hopefully like i don't know like it, at least now it's a conversation that can be had which is a step yeah, but I mean, I just saw recently on on um, on Eid, uh, you know, uh, happy to all those who celebrate. Um, the there were like settlers or IDF forces, I can't remember which, um, like storming Al Aqsa Mosque again. So once again, like one of the most one of the holiest sites of Islam on one of the holiest days of Islam, and they're just doing it to like fuck with civilians. And um, that doesn't make the news, but like fucking people having meltdowns about the ice cream does. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that's like an important thing to contextualize before we go into dunking on all the absurd reactions to this, like the uh, Israeli American Council flying a banner over the Ben and Jerry's factory in South Burlington, Vermont. Uh, the banner says, "Serve ice cream, not hate." Yes. <laughs> like, yes. like this is like it's either like you actually actually pay attention to like what's actually the actual issue at hand, which is the treatment of people in Gaza, or you can just pay attention to this bullshit. Like this fucking fly a banner over Vermont just to own the, you know, own the BDS people. Or it's like so, the, the, the social media ification of all these issues is so brutal. Oh my God. Are you hearing that? There's some fireworks going on outside. Nah, I'm not hearing a thing. Wow, this mic is. We good. got the big pimp mics. I mean, they don't pick up anything that we don't want them to pick up. Thank you to the Sure Corporation. Um, this is not an ad. Good mics. Um, anyway, um, I don't know. What what more is the? Do you have specific reactions that you pulled? Um, were there any other ones? Uh, that, yeah, that's that's a, that's a pretty that's a pretty big like pretty big step to get like the uh, you know. Like, you know, you get your marriage proposal in like a plane, you get like a big advertisement over like Coney Island or something on, on the 4th of July, or you can get tell tell Ben and Jerry that they're anti-Semites. <laughs> Imagine just like Ben and Jerry standing on the, at the factory and they look up and then like a single tear falls from their eye. Like, I don't know what they were fucking trying to do with this. Um, one, the one tweet that I really fucking liked um, is from Amichai Kikli. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm not, I don't speak Hebrew. Sorry, everybody. Um, yeah. And he says, just Ben and Jerry's, you picked the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good ones. Like, if you go down the replies on the initial, um, when Ben and Jerry's initially posted that they were going to end sales in um, OPT, uh, Occupied Palestinian Territory, uh, this person, uh, Sherelle Loom, replied, the land of Israel belongs to the people of Israel forever. Eat your ice cream. We have already experienced worse anti-Semitism. <laughs> Sorry that you like can't have like Cherry Garcia like and um, without the knowledge that they disagree with you on the humanitarian uh, crimes that your country is committing. 
And everyone's like, oh, you're boycotting. So you're boycotting Jews. I see. I'm like, it's not even in Israel. It's in mm-hmm. the occupied Palestinian territories. You fucking assholes. And like, uh, I don't know. It's just so chaotic the way like uh, they really will do anything to avoid talking about the actual human rights abuses. These people will lose their minds for like days over ice cream rather than allow any actual criticism or any kind of discourse about um, the terrible state of human rights in like Gaza and West Bank and Jerusalem. Um, And like, like, it's just so shameful, honestly. (laughs) And they expect us to like empathize with them as like, you know, as Jews, as like American Jews. And I'm like, you guys look like fucking buffoons. Like you're all losing your minds over ice cream. Like ice cream that's made by two Jews. I don't know what to say. Empathize with it. How can, like empathy requires a certain level of like, I don't know, pathos. A certain like, a certain element of like, oh wow, you're actually like, um, you know, I emotionally can relate to you or something, but it's like, not, uh, not quite in this scenario. I can't relate to these, nah. uh, these butchers of, you know, just culture and entire culture and, you know, civilization that, uh, I mean, it goes to show how low the stakes are for pre- them. <laughs> right. It's safe to say they preceded them in the area where they live. Right. It's occupied because they live there. Yep. Yep. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a topic you could talk about endlessly, but why don't we lighten the mood unless you got more on Ben and Jerry? No, we, it's, it's like the dog days of summer. We're going off to summer camp. Yeah. Let's let's, is this the last thing in the show? This might be the last thing in the show. Yeah. yeah. Let's round it uh, out all right. This. We're closing it out. We're going to talk about camp. Uh, I, I pulled a couple of New York times articles um, one is titled 31 children test positive for, for coronavirus at summer camp. And this is at Camp Pontiac in Columbia County, New York. Um, all children too young to be vaccinated. And uh, this other one is camps have been scrambling for counselors. Some have even closed. So basically the, the kids are getting sick. If they're not, they can't get the vaccine. They're getting sick. The counselors are all quitting. It's funny because you know what this reminded me of? Honestly, I watched the documentary about Woodstock 99. And this <laughs> reminded me a lot of that. It was like the security staff at Woodstock 99. Um, and this is that HBO documentary that like Bill Simmons did. Uh, did you watch it? I was going to watch it. Um, yeah. but, but, you know, Rachel was in the room. And uh, like the first screen, it says like, warning, this contains like graphic depictions of like sexual abuse. And she was just like, nah. And I was like, okay, I'll. <laughs> File that under things I will watch alone. You do, you do see Flea's penis. Oh, well, who? Ha- I don't know. I feel like they were whipping it out all over the place. Back I guess then. I forgot about that. I, I just I, yeah, like the it, socks it was, on the surpri- it was surprising to me. <laughs> it is. Funny, I, I was but... never a big a big fan of the Peppers. And there's there's one great line where the guy, the one of the founders, was like, or one of the like promoters, you know, Michael Lang, I think is his name, was like, um. You know, we asked Anthony Kiedis to calm the crowd down, and instead they played Jimi Hendrix's like "Fire" or whatever. Yeah, that's a pretty uh, amped up song. Uh, when there were like fires, they they had like burned fires at like there was fires like torching fucking stands and stuff. This wow, was, believe, and they were doing the last day of Woodstock '99. Yeah, so so Shameful. okay, summer camp, summer camp. Not we, we see we could we could go on and on about Woodstock '99. Maybe that's worth a. It's worth a deeper discussion, but <laughs> yeah, once I can like hide out and finish the thing. <laughs> um, so what's your take on 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 some of these stories? I mean, it doesn't surprise me that much like the, the security guards at Woodstock 99, that a lot of summer camp counselors are quitting or they can't fill the jobs. Now, there's a there's a big intersection of like stuff that's going on here is um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> so there's all there's been as far as the counselors go we this is very much in line with the general freak out about like you know mom and pop businesses can't afford to pay people um and more than you know un, they would get an unemployment so there's all these people who all these jobs that are being offered and just nobody's willing to take them no one's willing to work because everyone just wants to sit at home and collect a paycheck um and that's also like 
that's something that's going on here where like camp counselors, you know, notoriously, like even in like boom times make like fucking no money because it's assumed that it's for, you know, young people to do and that they don't have expenses and that they're going to get their like lodging for the summer taken care of anyway. Um, but it's mentioned he's there, there's a, there are plenty of counselors quoted in um, these New York times articles who say basically like, yeah, I mean, uh, fast food places are willing to pay you like 20 bucks an hour these days, <laughs> especially in like New York state or something. So why the fuck would I do this and like get COVID? Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously you could get COVID at the fast food restaurant too, but then at least you're getting paid 20 bucks an hour. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, uh, in terms of like, I still like think the trend is pretty much that kids don't get COVID that much. No, but they also can't be vaccinated. So, so they can so they can get the they can get the uh, Delta variant, which is like what well, we can't get because we are vaccinated. But everyone who's not vaccinated is going to get it because it's like way more transmissible. Um, and that's what's like called driving the big rise recently. Um, so I don't know. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah. basically these counselors are like supposed to sign up to like get paid nothing to hang out with like a a population of people who are very likely to get you sick and like close quarters at camps, which don't have that. They don't really have great sanitary practices anyway. I mean, you're supposed to know we've like, I mean, camp, I, I don't it. know. Have you been to sleepaway camp? Absolutely. I, I have as well. Um, I can tell you one story about like a health thing. It was like one night they just had us sleep in a field. Uh, this is at the Jesus camp. I went to for a week, one year in like sixth grade um, that <laughs> summer. And um, they had a sleep in a field. I, I didn't know it was a Jesus camp until I got there. Um, when you say Jesus camp, you don't mean like YMCA, right? No, but it was like they I like, like y, YWCA camp. They like read the Bible a couple of times. Okay. And I was like, what the hell is this? So you but, didn't go to like the platonic ideal of like the Jewish summer sleepaway camp? No, no, this was like me either. I, I never, I never, no, I never did that. I, uh, you know, I, I feel like I missed out on something because a lot of, a lot of, a lot of Jews I know, uh, you know, that was a big part of their youth was the Jewish summer camp. But no, yeah, the uh, so they had to sleep in like a fucking field, and then just like the ticks invaded the area. And one girl had like 30 ticks or something like on her person. They were just picking them out of her hair like 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 it was um fucking ants or something. And they like bitten her and they were like in the skin? I think that they had to get all of them out individually with tweezers. Oh god. I think I, I was literally one of the end myself. That's I want to say okay, I have a memory that I was one of the only people who didn't get a tick that day. Okay. So, and I feel like I would remember if I got a tick. I have gotten a ticket hiking in the in, in you know since then, but I don't think I got any that day. But one girl got like thirty. That's hell. <laughs> That's fucking hell. There's always that one kid at summer camp who gets stung by like fifty bees and has to go home, <laughs> or suffers some other like life threatening injury and like nearly dies. <laughs> yeah, or just like, has like some embarrassing bout of diarrhea or something. Um. Well, that's my camp story. Oh no! Is <laughs> that so when I was seven, like on my way? I was like a little kid, like on my way to summer camp. And it was like an hour-long bus ride up to like Harriman State Park, uh, in upstate New York. And um, I just remember getting on the bus and be like, "Oh no! Like I'm not gonna make it!" And like, hack it. my dad had to come pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> and then he took me yeah and then like he's like we'll just play hooky oh. for the rest of the day don't worry oh. about it and he like bought me like a, a happy meal <laughs> and it had like the wild wild west toys from like the will smith movie oh but, nice um, that was my, definitely the worst camp story i had but i don't know as far as like kids getting like random ass illnesses or like injuries um this one kid got like punched in the temple like lightly like the way like you know 10 year olds fight and uh nearly went like died like like very like or at least that's what the counselors were telling us granted those people would always kind of build stuff up to bigger than what you know i thought it was to uh, more importance than i thought it needed but either way uh summer camp is just a weird place and throwing like covid into the mix just means it's going to get like 10 times weirder and of course more hoggish absolutely and 
I, I think I've told the story on the podcast before, but I literally had a fellow camper um, assail me with a, I believe, a plastic butter knife and say, just so you know, you pissed me off. You die. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was that the kid that you, you told the story um, uh, on a previous episode about like finding a kid doing some kind of like bizarre, like it was the same ritual? kid. Yeah. He, oh, he did God. the occult ritual where he, t- he, he had his like shirt off with his man tits hanging out. And he was like a skinny kid, but I, I guess he had tits. I, I, I realized. And then he was all pale and fucking, you know, he's real Irish. And then he, he, um, he was drawing a pentagram on the floor just with his shirt off and with like his canteen of water. So Christ. that's what I'm, I was I'm... dealing with at camp. And that's, that's what, what the counselors were actually dealing. You weren't dealing with that. You were just no. witnessing it. The counselors had to deal with it. And like all these articles are laden. Yeah, I don't envy that whole scene where they had to deal with that. Like, I wouldn't wanted that job. There's a no. reason why I never wanted to be a counselor or anything like that, because I don't want to deal with fucking shirtless weirdos drawing pentagrams with water on the floor. Fuck that. I think like 90% of the ki- people who take camp counselor jobs are people who like went to the camp as a, when they were younger and kind of like want to do the nostalgia trip again. I don't know. But going through these articles, there are so many like quotes where people are like, yeah, I could, uh, before he quit, uh, she said, uh, what one woman's, uh, wh- one of her son's counselors said, told her son that quote, he could make more money working at target. Like just all over this, there's like examples of like other jobs that these, you know, 18 to 22 year olds or even younger sometimes could get that would like actually pay them as opposed to, Get going off into the woods to get COVID with a bunch of like, like the diseases that spread in camps are so those kids like don't wash and they're in the woods and they're not washing their hands and stuff. I remember like we had like regular bouts of like pink eye at the sleepaway camp I was at. Like they're like dusty. I don't, I don't know. Like, not yeah, it's on a all very summer pink camps, eye but. environment um, for sure. And there's something hoggish about the institution of like, you know, your kids spend all year in school. And then as soon as you have to deal with them for like two weeks, you're like, no, nah, I got to send them off to summer camp for two months so they can sleep away. And I'll pay some like, you know, dipshit teenager to like take care of them. He'll get paid like $9 an hour. Um, I will pay like $200 per day for this <laughs> to purchase this package. Like there's something really hoggish and dysfunctional about the institution of summer camps in the United States, both like the fact that it's so expensive and also the camp counselors don't make any money and also like disease just runs rampant. And I swear like half the kids are having like the worst times of their lives anyway. My That's the way it was yeah. for me. I fucking, I remember being like in the middle of the school year and then like having nightmares about having to go to summer camp and like really months. was that bad, I was just like, huh? fuck this. I just didn't want to go. Like, so, so- it was just like the same as school. I had to get it's on the really- if you didn't sleep over, you had to get on the bus and go there every day. And like I said, it's like an hour out to Harriman. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. the whole time, I was just like, I don't want to do this. I just want to just like stay at home and like play video games. And shit. So the, the, the Jesus camp was just one week. Um, and that was a sleepaway. And then this other one was a sleepaway um, that I went to. And this was not the Jesus camp. This was a different camp. And I would go for two weeks at a time and stay there. And it was, it was genu- genuinely very fun. But like, it was it was like you you like you were introduced when you went there to like actually like hiking the Appalachian Trail and doing the you know uh, canoe, kayaking the Delaware Water Gap and canoeing and all that all that shit. So it was like, oh, I can actually do all this stuff. And it was like it was an introduction to that. But if I was just like going somewhere local and like going back home every it just wouldn't be like what's the you know why yeah i I agree with you though like i got i learned how to like kayak and canoe like and go fishing and stuff like hobbies i still do to this day and you know i love i like hiking and i probably gained some of my like you know enjoyment of the outdoors from those years but that was like it was sort of like how you can have a good time at times in prison, but like uh, you're still in prison. I don't know how to explain that. Like I, I would do like uh, most of the summer I would have to go, I would do day camp for like six weeks and then like uh sleepaway camp for two weeks, which I don't know why we set it up like that. But the day, the sleepaway camp was more fun, even though it was like more isolating, but like 
the day camp was the worst because then it was just like yeah getting picked up and then getting dropped off and just like I don't know. It was just like, it was the school I had to go to when I was, you know, over the summer. And they had all these like arbitrary rules about, you know, you can't play Magic the Gathering during Why? Uh, uh, during like kickball period. You have to play kickball. And I was like, this is so fucking stupid. They just like told you what, I thought it was what gonna be because like, it was... activities you had to do <laughs> like hour to hour. And I was like, we were all just like, when can we play uh, Pokemon on the Game Boy and when can we play Magic the Gathering? Those are the only two things any of us wanted to do there. Um, I presume I, I they know, banned... I, Obviously, I love my kayaking and canoeing and fishing and stuff, but like, come on. If it was like arts and crafts, I was like, can we just pluck, fucking play Game Boys? This is so boring. No, I presume that they banned Magic the Gathering because it is satanic in nature. I mean, maybe, but I think they also were just like, can you kids like pay fucking attention and stop like yelling at each other about like cards and wizards? Yeah. Um, I don't know. So I, I would say it's, you know, if you're going to camp as a kid now, it's it, you're probably not going to get COVID, but like there's a chance. You know, yeah, you're not that apparently yeah, there's a chance. But I would say if you're like, you know, if you're a kid and you haven't been out fucking outside in a year, if you haven't been outside in a year, you're going to want to go somewhere and do something. Right. I mean, conceivably. So I understand that for a lot of people, the trade off is worth it almost. Yeah. And these that parents may, that may, I'm not saying that you're a hog if you send your kid to camp. But that's yeah. not true. I think that that's a very fair decision to, to make, especially because. You know, not everyone had the same. Not everyone's going to Jesus camp or Sam's shitty camp. It's like some people are having actual fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, these parents were like dying to get their kids out of the house finally, honestly. Like, that's why I feel like is feeling a lot of this desperation is like uh, feeling like they were finally out of the woods, which I think a lot of people thought once the vaccines became, you know, more widely rolled out. Um, so I think that this flaring up is just a brutal reminder that I don't think a lot of people are willing to appreciate, which is the fact that this COVID stuff's, I don't know, it's not going to go away forever. It's always going to be there in like these ways. And uh, it's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of, I, I feel like that's like why there's been such a freak out about this because also, I mean, of course, this is like prime New York Times material. It's like something that affects, you know, middle to upper middle class people who can afford to send their kids to summer camp and you know want to pay for the privilege of having a couple weeks to themselves but uh are fine I feel they, like they, sent, they sent multiple fucking push notifications about this like they're really pushing this camp beat yeah yeah i think so i think it's a i think it's a it's it's like it, it's like covering local school or something like that like everyone kind of has to pay attention to it anyway so you know if they have kids uh, anyway but and of course like some of the numbers in this was so funny camp shane a, a residential weight loss camp very nice way of saying fat camp in uh, kent connecticut closed abruptly after 10 out of 22 counselors left their jobs <laughs> it's like nearly half of the counselors but i don't know and to the camp nice. owners i don't know like i know it, it's expensive to like all the all the people who are sending their kids to these camps are paying you a ton of money. Just pay your fucking counselors. Like, get over it. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I, I don't know. Counselors probably deserve a living wage and lodging and food and all that shit. I don't see why they can't get all that. But hey, maybe the Only margins just are too tough when kids fucking spend thousands and thousands of dollars to go to camp. It's like, oh, really? It's like you don't have enough money to pay the counselors? enough to fucking make it worth showing up yeah and i mean like why would you want someone who doesn't get paid like any money someone who could make more money at like mcdonald's or target um like in charge of your kid's welfare like what if your kid has like uh gets bitten by like a fucking snake or some shit or like the bear comes through like don't you want like these people to have like some level of like expertise or don't you want to offer like some incentive i don't know it's kind of weird you're not supposed to suck out the poison right I don't, I think that's only in movies. Yeah. It's cool, but it's only in movies. It's cool. Are you, you are supposed to, you're... to like yell at black bears to get them to run away though, which I've never done, but it sounds pretty metal. But if you get stung by a jellyfish, you, you have to piss on it, right? <laughs> no. no, you use baking soda and uh, vinegar. Huh. 
I thought that's the way that's what I've gotten. I got stung by a jellyfish at the, at the beach. I like going to on the Chesapeake, like last year. And yeah, it was, uh, uh, baking soda and vinegar. And then you like rinse it and you got to pull like the little needles out too. fuck jellyfish. They're one of the worst things ever. They're like, they don't even have a like, nervous system and they can fuck your whole day up. Not a fan. Uh, you know, they look kind of cool. It's, you know, yeah, when they're far you. away, I guess. But. That 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 guy who jacked himself off to death's brain that's still your fucking background uh, looks kind of like a jellyfish. Yeah, it's kind of beautiful in a way, but. <laughs> look at that cortex. I don't even know what the cortex is. Um. Anyway, uh, let's 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 end it here. Uh, follow me on Instagram at D Spaventa to see my paintings and my paint streams and a fun announcement coming soon about um, a new painting project. Um, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Spaventacular, and uh, you can follow Sam on Twitter at Wagstank, and you can follow Hog Planet on Twitter at Hog Planet and uh sam anything else no i mean just uh if you're gonna jack off be careful this could this could happen to you apparently <laughs> so i should so, so i think that you, what you're saying is i shouldn't buy a boat you should also probably not buy a boat especially if you're gonna be jacking off excessively on the boat um because then it'll make it even harder for you to get medical attention when you stroke yourself into a stroke well what can i say other than uh This is Hog Planet. How do you shut this thing off? <laughs>